Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Believe in Miami Heat podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rochester, and with me as always, the champ, Norris Cole. The champ is here. The frenzy has begun. What's going on, Sean? I mean, I think like everybody, we're just trying to keep up with what's going on. It's changing every minute. Uh, you, it's hard to keep up. Man, it's just just a couple minutes ago, you told me something new. I'm, I thought I was up on everything, and then boom, another frenzy happens. And by the time we get done recording, I'm sure we're going to be, be behind with what's going on with Woj and Shams and all those guys. And it's crazy. That's why we call it the free agency frenzy. <laughs> Norris, what's going on in your world? Are you still training? Still training, still preparing for next season. Um, still a free agent, you know, seeing how everything is going to shake out. Um, you know, I'm still excited about playing the game of basketball, man. I'm enjoying the summertime. Winding down in my world, school's coming quick. We got about two weeks left. So when you're a teacher, the summer, once you get to 4th of July, it's downhill, man. All of a sudden, it's August. And then all of a sudden, you're back in the classroom wondering what happened to summer. So my life is about it's to get summer. different here in a few weeks. But it's, it's a good thing. Get back to a routine and whatnot. Absolutely. I, I enjoy – well, I'm still on a routine a little bit. But I enjoy not being, like, on that strict routine that the season brings. So I'm, I'm taking advantage of that right now. Definitely. I understand that. So before we get into the free agent frenzy, let's talk real quick about our friends from Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today, whether it's live bets during our games or futures for who you think will win the championship. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. You can already bet on who you think will win the NBA Rookie of the Year or even the 2022 NBA Championship. Visit the website today, use your mobile device, and join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, Norris, we're going to jump right in. Yesterday was the first day of free agency. It kicked off right at six o'clock. And in within the clock hitting six, there was already stuff happening. The Lonzo ball move happened like immediately. But we want to start right away with the heat. And the move that happened shortly after six o'clock, it was kind of a, a hidden secret that a lot of people knew was going to happen or really thought was going to happen. And the Heat got their point guard. They got Kyle Lowry, three years, 85, maybe 90 million is what's being reported in a sign and trade with Toronto. Norris, we've talked about Kyle before, but now that he's actually a member of the Miami Heat, what do you think? What's your reaction to that move? It's a move that fits the Heat culture. Um, Kyle Lowry's DNA, you know, he's tough. He has championship pedigree. You know, he has, um, you know, he has a skill set that fits into the need of the Heat. So I think all in all, I think it was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great fit. You know, it was a great fit for the Heat. And um, like you said, we kind of was suspecting it all along. But now that it's official, I think, you know, with him and Jimmy and Bam, and uh, I know we're going to bring up another one of the guys, uh, P.J. Tucker. I think that's a, you know, that makes for a solid base, you know, for the Miami Heat team. As someone that plays point guard, what do you think Kyle's impact is going to be on that end of the floor, on the offensive end? Because we've we've had Goron, we've had Kendrick Nunn, Tyler was there for a while, uh, Gabe Vincent played some minutes last year, but we don't have a point guard of Kyle Lowry's 
star power and his abilities. And even Goron, who is a great point guard, and we'll talk about him in a second, but Kyle's a different type of point guard in the, in the way that he plays the position. What do you see maybe how that's going to help Jimmy and Bam, but maybe also Duncan Robinson and our other complimentary players? Well, that's going to help because he's a, he's a major threat with the ball in his hands. And he can score from, from three, and he can break the defense down and get to the paint which is important, paint touches. Because when you get to the paint, that causes the defense to collapse, and then you can kick out to, to open shooters, or you can start the ball movement, swing, swing, open shot. And he's really good at that, and he can also play off the ball. When, you know, when Jimmy's in, you know, point four, you know, situations and he's handling the ball or Bam is handling the ball, he can space the floor because he's a terrific spot-up shooter. And, and he has a, you know, he's he has that big shot in him, you know, where – you know, when the game is on the line, you know, when, when the pressure is on, I know Jimmy is clutch, um, but also you, you have another guy who's proven that he can hit, you know, tough shots. And I think his leadership, you know, you just not having ever played with him or been in his locker room, you can just see it by watching it on TV, the way that he carries a team, very similar to what Jimmy does, vocal, He's going to hold you accountable. I think that's going to be huge for our team. So it's not just one voice. It's multiple voices, these veteran guys that can hold them accountable. And like you mentioned, P.J. Tucker, when we talk about him in a second, he's another guy that's like that. So definitely heat culture guys and the way that they fit with our roster. Yeah, and they bring they bring championship pedigree. I mean, P.J. Tucker is coming off of a championship. Um, he's a vet, been around a long time. Um, Kyle Lowry also a few years ago won a championship. You know, he's an NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors, with, you know, the Kawhi Leonard team. So, you know, he has championship DNA. And when you have guys that have actually been to the promised land and won, that always makes your team better. Before we move off of Kyle, obviously it was a sign-in trade. So the details haven't necessarily been announced officially yet. It is rumored that it is Goran Dragic, Precious, and likely a second-round pick. And, and there's a little bit of discussion of where that second is coming from. It could be another team, and that's maybe why this hasn't become official yet. Um, so there could be more to this deal, but as we see Goron go, his, his legacy, his time in Miami is, is really unquestioned. One of the best players in heat history. Um, what do you think about his departure and, you know, maybe just looking back at the years that he spent in Miami and the impact he's had on heat culture? Oh man, he, he, he was a good fit on heat culture. Um, the fans, you know, really took him in. He ingratiated himself here in the city of Miami. Uh, he had some big playoff moments, um, big moments during the season, clutch shots. Uh, he was great in the locker room. Um, so, you know, of course, it's not easy, but this is part of the business. And this is, you know, this is a business move. Um, it makes sense. You know, plus you get a player like Kyle Lowry, who's, like I said, has the championship pedigree, which, you know, Goron is a, is a good player, but he doesn't have that pedigree that Kyle has. And so I think, you know, they – they picked up his player option to make sure that he got paid and so that, you know, they can match up, you know, the, the sign and trade, which was a blessing for Goron. And so I think it worked out for both parties. Yep. And then the other guy is Precious, obviously a rookie last year. He had a bigger role earlier in the season where he was playing quite a bit off the bench. It was a high energy player, uh, very raw still, only being at Memphis for one year. What do you see, you know, with a change of scenery? And Toronto's got a good player development program. So I think it's actually a pretty good landing spot for him. What right. do you see, you know, in terms of his career? Obviously, it's just getting started. But 
he, he had some tools. He just needed more refining. And it was hard, I think, as we were trying to push into the playoffs, his, his role on the team, the minutes went down lower and lower to basically being non-existent. What do you see as precious as we move forward in his career? Well, I believe he's a talented young player, and he just had to continue to work the process. This is part of the game, being traded. Sometimes a new environment, a fresh start is what's needed, and he can take advantage of this opportunity. And just like you said, the Toronto Raptors player development program has proven to help guys get better and to get you know contracts. And so um, I think he should take advantage of it, be excited, and continue his NBA journey. And in Toronto, it's it's looking more and more likely that they're probably rebuilding. And so there might be opportunity there for him to play more minutes than if he would have stayed in Miami. Speaking of opportunity, Duncan Robinson, he re-signed with the Heat, five years and $90 million. The biggest contract signed by an undrafted free agent or undrafted player in NBA history. What is your reaction to that? Because there were some questions if he was going to come back. It's it's an incredible story, and I'm, I'm glad that we got to keep Duncan back in Miami. Man, I, I kind of, you know, my eyes kind of jumped off the screen when I seen that five-year $90 million. I mean, congratulations to him. Um, you know, he worked hard, <laughs> came from the bottom, <laughs> and made it to the top. Um, it's, it's interesting now how, you know, spot shooters get paid that much money now in the NBA, you know, versus – you know, a few years ago, like when I was in the league, you know, you didn't see spot-up shooters get paid like that. So, you know, it shows that when you work on your particular skill set and what you bring to the table, you will be compensated for that. And, you know, he's worked on his game. He's an elite shooter. He's one of the most elite shooters in the league. And he has been, you know, compensated for that and for his grind to never quit and for the heat to, you know, take the chance on bringing him in and allowing him to show his you know, show his talents, man. It's just a great story. And I'm, I'm happy for him and his family. Yeah, I agree. And I really wonder if he would have went out on the market because it happened very quickly. He didn't sign a qualifying offer or offer sheet with anyone else. He signed back with Miami, even though he was a restricted free agent. I wonder what other offers he had in that $90 million number. When you break it over five years for the heat, it's going to start at around 15, 16 million per year um, for mm-hmm. the first year. I really wonder like the Knicks or someone like that, that had a lot of money, how much money he really could have gotten if there were opportunities to go elsewhere. And it's, it's cool to me to see that not that we created Duncan in Miami because he had to do a lot of the work himself, but he stayed loyal to the team that found him and created a great shooter. And he stayed loyal to keep him, keep himself in Miami for the next five years. Yeah. Well, he has a, he knows that he has a fit here. You know, he knows exactly what his role is. He knows exactly how he, he can fit in with the team. He knows the system, the language, everything. So, you know, there's obviously there's no state tax here. So there's basically nowhere else he could have went where he's going to be able to know the plays, know the culture, and have the benefits of no state taxes. It's like, you know, that's just a win-win all the way around. You know, you could go somewhere else, possibly, maybe, but you don't know how you're going to fit in with that team. You don't know how the coach is going to use you and all of those things. So, you know, why why even worry about all that when, you know, they put a number out there that's very, 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 very respectable. You know, why even entertain anything else? You take it and you start working towards, you know, the future. All right. Speaking of very respectful numbers, 
Jimmy Butler, four-year, reported $184 million extension. It's a max extension. It will add on after this year, so it'll keep Jimmy in Miami for the next five years. Reaction to that, it's a big number, but Jimmy's a big-time player too. Absolutely. I mean, that's the value he brings to this franchise. You know, obviously he's the franchise player. Well, he proved that in the finals. He's proved that during the regular season. He's proved that every day in the locker room and his practices and his work ethic. You know, he's he's another guy who's worked and worked and worked. Nothing was given to him. He's worked himself to this point, and, and he deserves it as well. Um, when you have a franchise, you need to have pillars. You need to have a foundation. And, you know, Jimmy Butler is one of the pillar core pieces to the Miami Heat culture, to the Miami Heat playing style. And like I said once before, you know, you show your pre, he showed his appreciation for Miami, you know, wanting to come here. And now it's coming back to him. And speaking of dogs, we got PJ Tucker coming to town. And you <laughs> mentioned it earlier, man. PJ Tucker, oh, Kyle man. Lowry, Jimmy Butler. If Udonis is coming back, those are some tough SOBs right there on the court, man. Those are not guys you want to mess with. It's a two year, $15 million contract. Again, it's still not really reported whether that is coming from our mid-level exception. It, it could potentially still be a sign-and-trade type deal. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns with that. But P.J. Tucker, just coming off of a championship, his toughness is unquestioned. His role is unquestioned. Great defender, can space the floor a little bit. What do you see with P.J. Tucker coming down to Miami as a fit for our roster? Man, another dog, like you said, man. He he fits. You no, know, they one thing, one thing about Miami, one thing you got to give Pat and Spo credit for, they like to bring in guys that fit. They don't want to just get the most talented player or the the biggest, you know, quote unquote name out there. They want to bring in somebody who can fit the way that they do things down here. Call it, you know, the heat culture. And PJ Tucker is another one of those guys, man. And coming off the championship, I feel like it's going to bring more life to the locker room, more energy. And defensively, it's going to be tough. You know, when you got Kyle Lowry out there, you got Jimmy out there, you got PJ out there, then you got Bam out of Bayou, you know, solidifying the back line. Like, that's – it's going to be formidable for any any team that plays them. They're going to be a formidable challenge. And I'm looking forward to the Eastern Conference because it's, it's definitely shaking some things up. Yeah, he fits that old Pat Riley, uh, toughest, nastiest, best conditioned, you know, that old slogan – that I think Pat brought out in 95 or 96 when he first got here. He definitely fits all of those things. Man, this team might be <laughs> this team might be the closest thing to that. It's the most heat team of uh heat culture all time, right? <laughs> P- on P- paper, P- yeah. on paper for sure. <laughs> PJ, I, I feel like he's gonna slot into sort of the role that uh Andre Iguodala played, not this past year, but the previous year in the closing lineups where you put him out there and it wasn't so much about his, his shooting, they both kind of have somewhat of a limitation of shooting. They're not afraid to shoot it, but their defense, when you pair them with Jimmy and Bam, and now in this case with Kyle, whoever else the other person is, it could be Duncan, it could be Tyler, it could be a, a, a variety of people. That's a heck of a lineup. If you have a lead, you're up six with two minutes left, and you got those four out there on the floor. Uh, imagine if Oladipo comes back and gets healthy. You put him as the fifth guy out there, who's scoring on that group? That's, that's a heck of a defensive lineup. Very, very elite lineup. And I think that's what that's what they were trying to do because Brooklyn, 
superior offensive team. You have to have guys that can not only score with them, but guys that can defend them at a high level or try to compete with them at a high level. You know, you have guys with that competitive spirit. And those are all the type of guys, you know, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker, Bam, Jimmy, all of those guys are like that, highly, highly competitive people. And you got to have that. Then you have Milwaukee, who's coming off a championship. You got to have guys that can compete with Drew Holiday, that can compete with Chris Middleton, that can compete against Giannis at the highest level. And in Philadelphia, you know, regardless of what they do with Ben Simmons, they still have Tobias Harris. They still have Joel Embiid. They still have, you know, Curry. So you have to have guys that are willing to compete at the highest, highest level if you want to be successful in this NBA in the Eastern Conference. And then Boston, I didn't even mention Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like elite, elite offensive players. And so you got to have two-way players that can also, you know, not just play offense, but can defend at an elite level. Yeah, the East is getting deep. I mean, it's it was tough this year. We, we sunk down, you know, a little bit lower than we were the year before, but the depth, Chicago's getting better. Uh, these teams, you know, Atlanta came kind of out of nowhere in a way. So it's, it's not right. an easy path. You know, you can look at Philly, you can look at Milwaukee, and you can look at Brooklyn, but there are other teams. You know, if Boston gets healthy, they were a team that we played in the Eastern Conference Finals just last year. So it's, it's going to be difficult. You know, it's, it's also competitive, and that's the fun thing about sports. Is you wouldn't want it to necessarily be, a, you know, an easy path. You want, as a fan, to see those competitive games and series when we get to that point of the season. Well, I got a feeling this year we're going to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys square off, you know, on, on the court. Cause on paper, it looks real good right now. So we also brought back a couple of guys. One, one, another player that fits kind of the strap up your boots and get ready to go to work is Dwayne Dedman. Uh, he signed for a one year minimum contract last year. He came in in the middle of the year and, and he really gave us a spark plug off the bench. He looks to be probably our backup pen, backup center behind Bam Adebayo. What do you think about that re-signing, and how do you see him fitting on our roster this year? One thing about having a championship-level roster or having a highly playoff contender team, you got to have role players and guys that are excited to play their roles, and, and that's what Denman brings. You know, he's a rebounder. You know, he sets screens. He can finish around the basket. You know, he can – you know, if he gets open at halftime, he can shoot a, a, a spot-up spot shot, but – his toughness, his rebounding, his shot blocking abilities, you know, is going to be what he's here for. And, you know, he's excited to play that role. And you have to have guys like that if you want to, you know, if you want to contend. You got to have your star power, but you also have to have your role players. And I believe he earned his spot. And then our final two signings so far, and I haven't checked my phone since we've been recording, so these could be wrong. But at this point, our last two signings were bringing back our two two-way players, and that's Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Uh, it appears that we have guaranteed their contracts. So that opens up some uh, opportunities for our summer league guys that could take their two-way spots. But Gabe Vincent, he's been spending uh, part of his summer on the Nigerian team in the Olympics. Max Struess is going to be on the summer league team. They're both actually in Sacramento right now. They play tonight at 8 o'clock against the Lakers. Anything about those guys, do you see them maybe starting to get a little bit more of a secured role or a consistent role? Or do you still see them maybe as one more year away from away developing from that? Um, I think they're probably one more year away from developing, um, but you can never be certain because all it takes is for one or two good games and get their confidence up and then, you know, anything can happen. So, but if I had to guess, I would say that they probably, you know, another year or two away, you know, from where they probably want to be and could be, 
Um, but, you know, it's hard to say in this league because, you know, one injury down and somebody steps in, like I said, they have a few good games. Now it's like they're the biggest thing ever. So it's hard to predict that. But if everyone stays healthy, I don't really – I don't see them playing, you know, a major, major role other than, you know, coming in, you know, giving relief minutes. And so now with all those guys signed, we have – it looks like four spots open, uh, plus our two-way contracts that would get us to 16. So four spots on our roster. Summer league starts tonight, like I said a few minutes ago. And, um, you know, there's some there's a post on Heat Twitter that's been getting a lot of buzz today. Um, it's been blowing up my notifications. It's probably blowing your notifications up if you've been checking it. Norris, are you ready, willing, and able to be Kyle Lowry's backup point guard? Absolutely. I'm absolutely, you know, ready, willing, and able. You know, I would definitely love to be able to come back to the team that drafted me. Um, I'm working out every day, you know, two, three times a day. I'm down here working out in Miami. Um, so I'm definitely ready. Um, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> and I can play any role that they need me to play. You know, if I need to, you know, come in as a backup and solidify the second unit, if I need to bring the energy and practice, you know, in the locker room and help get those young guys, you know, who we just got done talk about, help get them ready, you know, be the example for them. Obviously, I have big game experience playing in championship games with the Heat and, you know, at different places of the world. So, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. And, um, you know, I, I'm appreciative of Heat Nation and nothing with, you know, and I don't see anything being more exciting to be able to come back and play for Heat Nation. Yeah, you definitely have the fans vote, the love that they've been giving you from that post and retweeting it and commenting on it, trying to get the coal train back in Miami. So we'll uh, we'll forward that on to Andy and Pat, and we'll, we'll keep pushing for that because we got four spots available and, and Norris is ready to roll back to Miami and uh, get back to work. So we do have a couple guys that from last year's team that are unsigned, and that would be Victor Oladipo, Andre Iguodala, and Udonis Haslam. What do you see with those two? Obviously, two of them are, are veterans, and Oladipo, it's, it's kind of a mystery with his injury. If he's ready to get going at the beginning of the season, he may take some time to get ready maybe more in the middle of the season. What do you see with those three guys? I think we can agree that Udonis, if he wants to come back, he takes one of those spots. There's no question with that. But the other two guys, do you see a fit with them with the roster as we have it right now? With Vic, it, it's like a mystery with his injury. I'm not sure what, you know, what exactly it is. And I mean, we know what they report, but I'm saying I'm, I'm not sure the the severity of it, you know. And so it's kind of hard to if he if he's healthy, then obviously I believe he's a great fit if he's healthy. But if he's not healthy, I'm, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what would what would be his timeline? Because if it's too long and, you know, you could possibly bring in, you know, another talented player, you know, that may be something to think about. But if, if, if his timeline is, you know, reasonable and, you know, he's shown steady progress, then I believe you have to bring Victor back because he's such a talented young player on both ends of the court and his elite athleticism at the guard position. Uh, I believe he would be, be a great fit. Andre Guadala, eh, I'm not sure how much. I mean, obviously you can never have enough guys like him who's professional, who's championship pedigree, all of those things. But I feel like, Kind of him and P.J. Tucker play similar roles. So I'm not sure if you would need both of them, but obviously it wouldn't hurt. I don't think Andre Iguodala could hurt any team. I believe he can bring value to any team because, like I said, his championship experience, you know he's going to be in shape. You know he's going to be able to be prepared for the big games, um, his maturity in the locker room, 
all of those things. So I, I believe both of them can fit. But I believe, you know, if Victor is healthy, I believe he can have a, a much higher impact. And obviously UD, you know, if he wants to come back, you bring OG back. Yeah, I agree with that. And Andre, it seems like, is wanting to get back to Golden State on a minimum deal. And I think that would be a good fit. They're going to probably be back to a contender status if Clay is healthy. And they we're going to talk about Steph Curry's extension in a second. They're probably back into that fold. And he'd be a good vet off the bench to, uh, to get back to where he was before. I would really think if, if Oladipo and the heat will know, you know, his medicals more than we ever will, but if he can come back, you, like you said, that the value that you're going to sign him, let's say for a one-year deal and almost not a prove it deal. Cause he's proven what he can do, but prove his health. He's going to get paid, whether it's by us or whether it's by someone else, if he can come back, be healthy and show, next to this group of guys that we have, you know, he'd be a great six man probably is where he would slot into, uh, or maybe a starting shooting guard. If he got back to that point, I think it'd be hard to move Duncan to this, to the bench with all the money that we're paying him. But yeah, I mean, the value in Victor, he, he gives something that's really not on the market anymore because everything has, you know, been signed up at this point. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So as we, um, we talked about, these three guys that are unsigned, there were some guys that have departed and moved on to new teams. Uh, one of them is Nemanja Bialica. He's actually signed with two teams. He, he signed with the Golden State Warriors. He signed with a European team. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be in two places at once, but uh, it sounds he like... Signed with, did he sign with Onyx? I I, th I think so. And yeah, that he was signed with Onyx Kazan in Russia. So I don't know how he's pulling this off. I don't know if he can split himself and be in two places at once, but that's that I thought was interesting when I saw that he signed with golden state, I think it was last night. I, I was pretty sure that I had already seen that he signed somewhere in Europe. So he had an NBA out, out clause in his contract in Europe. Okay. So he's, That's that means he's going to be going to golden state. Yep. And then two kind of bigger names. And, and we're going to talk about the Lakers here in a second is Trevor Ariza going back to the Lakers. He's been there before and Kendrick Nunn signed just before we started recording uh, for a two-year contract with the Lakers also. What do you see, and we're going to talk about the Lakers in a little bit more detail in the next segment, but Ariza and Nunn to the Lakers, how do you see that fitting with what they have is, is really almost a super team at this point? I believe having Nunn there is good for him. He, he get to be around a lot of elite professionals. He get to play meaningful games. Um, I believe that, you know, during parts of the season, you know, he's going to be able to show his abilities um, at the highest level, you know, it's one thing to play games, another thing to play national televised games all the time, you know, playoff high leverage moments games. And he's going to have all of those opportunities and he's going to be learning from some of the best players this game has ever seen you know, and, and have a chance to, uh, to win a championship. So I think that would be a good fit for him. And Trevor is joining as a vet, you know, probably playing off the bench. Mm -hmm. And I, I really would have liked to see him come back. I know PJ kind of plays that role, but Trevor does a good job, I think, against guards, not so much the Jay Crowder strong playing against bigger fours, but it, he would have been a good fit. But I, I think he's a West Coast guy. I think he was ready to get back to that side of the country. And, uh, you know, you can't blame anyone for trying to go to the Lakers because they're definitely going to be a contender where you might get a championship ring. Absolutely. And he's, he's from the West Coast. You know that. You know, he's from the West Coast. Um, that's where his home is. Um, he's played and won the championship there. So you can't blame him. Obviously, it would have been nice for him to stay here, you know, in Miami. 
But I believe he's going to play a key role. You know, you got to have those three and D guys who can guard, you know, the elite wings, the elite guards who can also come down on the other end, you know, and make three point shots, space the floor and, and, and do the small things that help a team win. And so I think the Lakers got a, they got two good players in um, Ariza and, you know, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And obviously, we're rooting for the best. You know, they, they spent time in Miami. Kendrick was here for two years. Kendrick was here. I mean, sorry, Trevor was here for just a couple months, but wishing them the best. It is Kendrick's birthday today. So we'll wish a happy birthday to Kendrick before we move on to a question. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Bimmy Batabayo. So it's a little mix of Jimmy and... Got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I you. Just to make sure I, you didn't think I was pronouncing that wrong, but uh, <laughs> he asked a question from Twitter. He asked, what players that are still free agents would you like to see added to the Heat? So we're asking Norris to put on his GM hat. I'm going to throw some names out there that, you know, just in case Norris, he's been training a couple times a day, so he might not be up with the list. So here's some names that are being floated around Heat Twitter as popular options. So uh, Kelly Oubre, Danny Green, Paul Millsap, Markeith Morris, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, J.J. Redick, Boogie Cousins, Kem Birch, Bryn Forbes, and Enos Cantor. Mm, right off the rip, Marquise Morris, for sure, I believe he would fit in great with the Heat culture. Um, you said Markeith or Marcus? Markeith is a free agent, yeah. Yeah, Markeith, yeah, I believe he would definitely fit in right off the rip. Um, what do you think about Paul Millsap? That's a Paul, big name that's been going around today. Um, kind of trying to, yeah, I was, that. I was thinking about that. He, I think he would be great coming back to the Eastern Conference, honestly. Um, I mean, he was he did well out in Denver, but I think him coming back to the Eastern Conference as a vet, he still has his, he still has that offensive firepower, you know, which made him an all star, you know, caliber player. He still has that, and to not have to. You know, for us not to have to depend on him to be like the go-to guy every night, I think that'll free him up to be even more special, you know, coming in off the bench. Um, yeah, I like I like Paul Mir- Paul Mirsap and, and Marquis Morris are the two right off the rip that I would say for sure would be a good fit. Because they both can they both can shoot, they both are competitive at their positions and can defend their positions. And they're both veteran guys that, you know, has have a lot of experience playing in high leverage moments. Yeah, they definitely fit that four next to Bam that we've seen over the last few years. Is there anything that you see as like a glaring need? You know, we, we've talked about the roster, who we've signed. We know that Ariza, Nunn, and Belly have left. Do you see anything that's a glaring like, oh, we need to get not just a player, but like what type of player might still need to be added to this roster? I think right now this is a solid roster. Um, obviously, you can always improve your depth, you know, but I, I believe the roster is solid. You know, adding another four-man to go along with Bam, you know, you have Demon as a backup five, but adding another, you know, four-man or a possible, you know, a four-man that can stretch the floor and score because, you know, we have defense, but we also, you know, you got to be able to put the ball in the basket. So that's why I think Markeith Morris and um, Millsap would be two prime candidates if you could bring those guys in. But I don't think there's a glaring, glaring need you know, because bringing in Kyle Lowry is going to help with, you know, offensively, you know, we talked about before having a three level score, but I believe Kyle Lowry is going to help, you know, with that. And then coming in with PJ Tucker, being able to provide more space to, you know, when he's in the corner, he's a deadly shooter in the corner from three. So 
I think that'll provide spacing for Jimmy to be able to drive and make plays and for Bam on those dribble handoffs, him rolling with PJ Tucker, you know, pulling from, you know, pulling from behind. I, I think, um, I think that'd be, I think that'd be nice out there. I think the listeners are going to like the the feedback on Millsap and Morris because those are the two names that have really been popular today. And that that four spot is really what a lot of people that have been discussing this think that we need to add. And so we have four spots left. And, and so I think the Heat know what they're doing. That's the one thing, you know, as you're you're looking on social media or ESPN and people are talking about these moves, you have to trust the front office. Pat, Andy knows the cap better than anybody. So when he's maneuvering these things, signing contracts, adding bonuses and things like that, they know what they're doing. So the panic sometimes is a little bit overwhelming because you have to trust these guys over the past 20 years, they've done this over and over and over to the best of their ability at a championship level. So I just think sometimes we react a little bit too carelessly when we talk about the heat front office. Well, you know, that's just fans, man. You know, fans get excited. That's just part of it. Fans get excited and you, know, you have to, you know, you live with that. But that's why, you know, guys get paid in the front office to not make just emotional decisions, but, you know, make reasonable, logical decisions. And they, they've done a good job with that so far. All right. So before we close this up, we are going to swing it around the league. So we've talked all about the Miami Heat, kind of a shift from our past few episodes where we've done a lot of Olympics and NBA and not focused so much on the heat. And today's been a very heat centric episode. So around the league, some of the, the big news that's happened so far after about 24 hours of free agency. And I'm going to start with Steph Curry four year, $215 million contract extension. He will make $60 million in that last season. He is the first player to ever sign two $200 million plus deals in his career. Money, 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 money. Money. <laughs> now he he he's deserving of it. Um, obviously he's an MVP caliber player. He's shown his loyalty to the organization. The organization has shown, you know, the loyalty to him. He's shown the ability to be able to carry a franchise. And so, I mean, Steph Curry, he's the golden, he's the golden child, literally. <laughs> and so, it's amazing that you can see a guard, you know get that type of respect and love, you know, in the league. Normally when you think of dominant elite players, you know, guards with his stature are not who you think about. And so for him to be able to break the mold and to be able to do the things that he's done, you know, congratulations and shout out to Steph. Yeah. Similar to what we talked about with Duncan Robinson, his journey, um, you know, being a, a pretty low recruit coming out of high school. Um, I, I was previously the head coach at Hillnet high school and um, we had a holiday tournament. Steph Curry played in it when he was at Charlotte Christian. And I wasn't there at the time, but the stories that I heard, he looked like a little middle schooler, you know, and, and Del Curry's up in the stands and people are like, oh, that's Del Curry's son. Not like overwhelmed with this super talented, crazy athletic, you know, freak that was on the court. But look at where he's at now. I mean, he's he's the best shooter maybe in, in the history of basketball. And it's and, and a great person too. That's the other thing is like, he does everything off the court that you would want him to do. So props to him for making that money. Cause it's, it's definitely well-deserved and to stay in golden state, his entire career. It looks like uh, props to him for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, he's, he's a testament, testament of keep working, keep working. And when you get your shot, take advantage of it. 
Absolutely. So Chris Paul, just coming off of a finals loss, uh, there were some questions if he was going to come back to Phoenix, if they were going to take care of him. And he got a four-year, $120 million contract. Uh, it's going to pay him till he's pretty darn close to 40. Um, do you see anything with that? I, I think I know where you're going to go with this. I think Phoenix had no choice, essentially, but he's he's worth it based on the season that he just had. What do you think? Absolutely. He showed his value. I mean, he came to a team that didn't make the playoffs, had a bad record, and took them to the number one seed in the NBA, <laughs> to the NBA Finals. And so, you know, just make no mistake about it. You, you're not the number one seed. You're not in the NBA Finals without Chris Paul. And so he showed his value. And I don't want to say they didn't have a choice, but it was the smart choice to, you know, to bring him back. You, you don't want to bring in a brand new, you know, point guard on a on a championship contending team if, if you don't have to you know those young guys that got used to Chris and his voice and you know they can build chemistry now going forward they know that they can build together uh, James Jones you know who's you know also a part of Heat Nation one of my championship brothers he's done a great job out there facilitating making sure that that team have what they need and so you know shout out to James Jones for uh, bringing back uh, Chris Paul yeah, I agree with that and we have a little breaking news. So we talked about, you know, things are dropping pretty quickly as we are uh, recording and trying to keep everything updated. And you just gave props to James Jones. Maybe James Jones taught you a little bit about the GM game because I just challenged you with a name, you know, about 20 people on a list. And the person that you picked out was Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris has just signed a one-year deal with the Miami Heat. Hey, player, point guard, uh, analyst, and GM for cold-blooded. That sounds pretty good, right? <laughs> you got it all covered, man. So that's a good signing. Uh, adds a forward to our roster. Um, it, you know, I would imagine, I don't know, maybe PJ Tucker starts. You, you could probably go either way with it, to be honest with you. They're, they're probably going to share the minutes in that slot. And um, it's a great signing. Like you said earlier, you want to expand on that a little bit now that we know he's in a Miami Heat roster? Absolutely. He's going to bring the competitive spirit. He's going to space the floor. He can exploit mismatches because he can score out of the post with his back to the basket. Defensively, you know, he can contest shots. He has that rugged nastiness that you need, you know, to compete at the highest level. That's a big signing. And whether he starts or not, you know, he's going to bring his value. And one thing about, you know, Miami Heat culture, you can compete for your spot and you can compete for your minutes. We got a big kennel going over at the arena. There's a lot of dogs on this team, man. They're just Absolutely. Adding them, stacking them up. Um, Absolutely. So let's look real quick at a guy that's looking to get paid in Atlanta, and that's John Collins. And, and we had some connections to him with the Heat. It looks like that's not going to happen with our, our roster at this point. But he turned down a five-year, $125 million contract to stay with the Hawks. There's not a whole lot of teams that have uh, free agent cap space left. So it would either have to stay in Atlanta and, and work this out or maybe assign and trade. What do you see oh, with that situation? That. He turned down what? Five years, 125. That's not a max contract, but it's a whole lot who, of money. Who offered him that? Atlanta offered it to come back, and he said no. He thinks that he's worth a max, which would be closer to probably about 150. So they're about a, about 25 million off, let's say. Wow. Mm. I mean, what do you, you know, wow. he's a, if you're Atlanta, he's a key piece. If you let him walk, they have other guys. They have a lot of young guys that maybe could fill that spot, but. John Collins is John Collins. You know, you, do, you don't have another one just sitting on the roster behind him. 
And, well, I think he knows that, and so he's using that leverage. But, you know, wow. He's he's very, very, very confident, you know, in himself and his abilities, which you should be. But, man, that's I'm kind of stunned that <laughs> that you just said that. Wow. Well, hey, if you can get it, you can get it. If you can get more, you can go ahead and get more. I'm, I'm not sure I would have turned that down, but, you know, I hope he gets what he's looking for. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, him and Kawhi, which it's kind of assumed that he's going to re-sign with the Clippers probably for a year and then kind of do that one-plus-one type thing. Those are the two big names left, and uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think Atlanta has to keep him around and, and to build on their success from last season, but that's a whole lot of money, and I think he's he's worth it, but uh, long-term, when you sign those contracts, you, you can't miss. You mess that up, and he ends up you know, not panning out or maybe – taking a step back, that's that's a tough one to overcome. Yeah, well, he knows the leverage that he has with the team. He knows the value that he brings to the team. And so, you know, if it, like I said, if he can, you know, if he can get it, if he can get that type of, you know, increase, then, then I'm, I'm all for it, you know, because he, 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 definitely, he definitely plays a vital key role in Atlanta's success. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You, all right, can't, we got you can't have enough elite athletes in this Eastern Conference competing against Giannis and KD and Bam and, you know, Ben Simmons and stuff like that. You know, you you got to have elite athletic guys like, like him. So, you know, Atlanta, they're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, we have two questions left, and then we'll close things up. So I have a question from Luke. It's talking about the Lakers. Uh, just a little update on what the Lakers have done over the past 24 hours. So last week they added Russell Westbrook. We talked about that on last week's show. Today, they kept Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, he was a restricted free agent. And over the last day, they've signed Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, and Kent Bazemore. I don't know if they have different roster sizes or cap rules. I don't know how they're figuring all this stuff out. But between Clutch, LeBron, and whoever else is running things over there, they're doing a great job. So his question was, what are your thoughts on the Lakers acquisitions from the perspective of someone that was part of a, quote, super team? So you know, when you're adding all these guys, how do you make all that fit on a team that was very good until injury struck them at the end of last season? What do you think about the Lakers roster going into this this season? Um, I think they have a competitive roster. I definitely believe they're capable of winning the championship with this roster. It's just a matter of making it fit. You know, on paper, you know, things are one way, but, you know, making it fit on the court is another way. But I believe, you know, LeBron's leadership um, – you know, his championship pedigree, his championship experience on building, you know, teams. This is not the first time he's played on a talented team before. So, you know, I think he knows, you know, what attitude to have in order to get guys to blend in and come together. And I believe everyone there has the one goal. When everyone has the same goal, you know, it makes it easier for guys to, you know, play their role. Plus, it's, it's really no, it's no question, you know, LeBron's the guy. Brian AD, you know, they've won, they, they've won championships in Laker uniforms. And then Russ, obviously all world, you know, point guard, you know, everything's going to run through those three. There's no if, ands, buts about it. And so from there, you just, you know, plug and play, find out where you can bring your niche and you do that. And one more question from Javier on Twitter. He asked league wide, what team do you think has elevated itself the most so far in free agency? League wide. Elevated itself the most. I mean, and if you want to give hard. a couple, if you want to give a couple of teams, that's fine. I'm about to say it's hard not to say the Lakers because they added 
I mean, they added Russell Westbrook, who's like an all-time great point guard, you know, <laughs> to a team, you know, that, you know, they were beat up last year. Um, obviously, things didn't go well for them. So to add that type of firepower to, you know, LeBron and AD, when they're all healthy, that's 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 a big jump right there. And then I would say uh, Miami has done a good job, I believe, you know, bringing in championship caliber players. I think they're going to Miami, you know, we're going to be highly competitive here in, in South Beach. I'm interested to see how this Chicago fit is going to work with Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso and, and DeMar DeRosa. That it's going to be interesting to see how all that fits in um, with Zach Levine. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, uh, but I think L.A. and Miami has took took big, big, big jumps. Yeah, the, the Chicago thing is going to be very interesting. Lonzo coming in, DeMar DeRozan coming in. Levine has looked great with Team USA. Uh, Vucevic is great. You know, he was only there from the midseason mark. And then they have uh, Patrick Williams, I believe his name is, from Florida State. He's a young guy, very long, athletic guy. Um, they still have Kobe White. They they have pieces um, that they could they could be you know maybe like an Atlanta that kind of comes out of nowhere from out of the playoffs into that mix, and and that's what we talked about earlier. The depth of the East is getting deeper and deeper. It's going to be more competitive, more difficult to be up at the top and make those playoff spots. Absolutely. All right, so Nurse, before we close up, we do want to thank Bet Online. Uh, we talked about earlier, you can bet on the rookie of the year. You can bet on the NBA championship. You can get into NFL that's starting. Uh, training camps opened up and uh, games will be here before you know it. College football, all those things are on bet online. We appreciate their support. Uh, also believe in the Miami Heat podcast. Definitely, as we always say, like, subscribe, give us feedback, um, you know, rate our podcast. All those things help us. It's quick and easy. And uh, we appreciate your support and listening in. And I'm going to let Norris close us out. Heat Nation, Heat Nation, thank you once again for supporting us make sure you get those likes hit those subscribes leave your comments leave your questions we appreciate all the love heat nation another episode we out thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube